Kid Superheroes Return, and introducing those time-traveling teens. Stay tuned. Professor Theo's Mystery Lab. I'm Professor Theo. Welcome to my lab. I'm broadcasting from the campus of Splendid University in beautiful, wonderful, wild, splendid West Virginia, home to kid superheroes and giant bugs and time-traveling teens and kids trapped in video games and so much more. I'm so glad to see our kid superheroes back this week. I've missed Buck and Tracy and Miss Shockey, too. Miss Shockey is the new gym teacher at Splendid Elementary. She was long ago one of my star students. Kid superheroes, an electrifying holiday. To say Miss Shockey had an electrifying personality would be an understatement. Sometimes people say that about someone with a lot of passion who really stand out from a crowd. That described Miss Shockey, the new Splendid Elementary gym teacher, perfectly. Students loved her because of her energy and enthusiasm. But Miss Shockey had an electrifying personality in more ways than one. Kid superheroes Buck and Tracy were particularly fond of Miss Shockey, and she was quite interested in them. Buck and Tracy were blessed with super strength and super speed, and so gym class was their favorite time of day. It allowed them opportunities to get all of their pent-up energy out. One day, after Buck showed great hustle on the basketball court, he ran over to Miss Shockey and gave her a high five. Upon high five contact, Buck was instantly shocked. The jolt of electricity knocked him over. Are you okay? Tracy asked. Yeah. Buck said, confused. Help him up, Miss Shockey ordered. Okay, students, class is nearly over. Let's get all the balls put up. Put them outside the equipment room door. Don't go inside that equipment room. Buck now had suspicions about Miss Shockey. I just gave her a high five and that electric shock knocked me down. If she didn't hold on for a few seconds, I'd be a goner. Tracy was sure Buck was exaggerating. She didn't believe that her favorite new gym teacher was a big ball of villainous, highly charged energy. She had wondered what happened to the old gym teacher, Mrs. Adkins, but her disappearance was surely a coincidence, right? The holidays were near, and that meant a trip to the annual Splendid Park's Holiday Wonderland of Lights. Buck and Tracy's second-grade teacher, Miss Robinson, was supposed to meet our kids' superheroes and some of their classmates by the ice skating rink. But for some reason, she didn't show up. Miss Shockey was there, though. What a surprise! Miss Shockey shrieked. Have you seen Miss Robinson? Tracy asked. No, Miss Shockey answered. Yeah, right. Buck said under his breath, suspiciously. Tracy rolled her eyes. Why don't you kids come along with me for the big lighting ceremony? Miss Shockey suggested, as if it really wasn't an option, ushering them toward a large, beautifully decorated Christmas tree. The splendid 
park's holiday wonderland of lights featured tens of thousands of brightly colored, pulsating lights park-wide. They formed patterns and lit up images of Santa Claus and his reindeer, and trees, menorahs, peanuts characters, a nativity, snowflakes, elves, stockings, and so much more. On this very special opening night, all of the lights all over the park were lit at once. The audience counted down. Four, three, two, one. But the holiday lights did not come on. The park remained dim in the late autumn evening. Something did light up, though. Sparks flew from Miss Shockey, knocking kid superheroes Buck and Tracy on their backs and sending others nearby running away. Do you know how many volts it takes to light up the park this time of year, kids? An electrified Miss Shockey asked. Enough to give me all I need. I think you were right about Miss Shockey, Buck, Tracy said. What do we do? Miss Shockey was more powerful than ever, and she had the kids' superheroes in her sights. She kept screaming, threatening, You're in for a shocking surprise, kid superheroes. Soon the whole town will be under my control. And you too are the only ones standing in my way. Buck and Tracy considered their options while super speed running from the supercharged Miss Shockey. They definitely didn't want to head north as that would lead straight to the school. She'll destroy everything there. Besides, the way she's been watching us, she probably knows all of our best hiding places. They didn't want to head west either because the holiday decorated downtown would only supply more electrifying fuel to Miss Shockey. We could run south to the river, Buck suggested. Electricity and water definitely do not mix, though, and Buck and Tracy were rightfully frightened to head south to the river. We need something to contain her! The pair had to head east, in the direction of the hospital. Contain her! Quick, Tracy, what's a good insulator? Something that doesn't allow electricity to pass through. Tracy answered, We just studied this with Mr. Brains. Rubber? Plastic? Glass? Glass. That's it! Buck had an idea. Our pair of superheroes, even with their super speed, were just a dozen yards ahead of Miss Shockey. They stopped when they reached the east edge of the park, where they stood facing the hospital's newest addition, a gigantic building, a heart care center, made completely out of glass. Tracy and Buck said in unison, Glass. Our kid superheroes got Miss Shockey to follow them into the large glass building, and then they hid, and then they snuck out, while Miss Shockey looked for them. It didn't take long for Splendid Elementary's electrifying new gym teacher to realize that she had been duped. Miss Shockey stood in the center of the building, surrounded completely by glass. She was much like the center of one of those glass plasma globes, and she was shooting her electrified rays in all directions, but achieving nothing. She pulled all of the power from the building, of course, but it wasn't enough, for after it was gone... Miss Shockey's powers began to slowly weaken. Residents of the small town cheered our kid superheroes, 
as power was eventually restored to the holiday wonderland of lights, and Miss Shockey was arrested and sent to splendid prison for villains, a holiday cheer returned to this once frightened place, thanks to the quick thinking of kid superheroes Buck and Tracy. Miss Robinson and Mrs. Adkins were located as well. They had both been trapped by Miss Shockey in the gym's equipment room. Kids were happy to see them back at the job. I hope we can have a quiet, normal holiday now, Tracy said. Me too. And everyone enjoyed the splendid holiday wonderland of lights. Tis the season, listeners. Happy holidays. I have a five-chapter story about a group of time-traveling middle schoolers. I'd like to share the first chapter with you now. Those time-traveling teens. Chapter one. Only four students made up the McFly Middle School Science Club. It wasn't considered the coolest extracurricular activity, far from it, as too many maniacs, that's the McFly middle mascot, seemed overly concerned with advancing their social status, not their knowledge of genetics. The four dissenters to this maniac pack mentality also happened to be the four brightest pupils in 6th and 7th grade. 13-year-old Elliot, whose grandmother was the first woman to earn a master's degree in entomology from Texas A&M University in the 1960s, saw himself as the leader of the group, not as a result of the obvious scientific hereditary bling, but because he was a full two months older than Ava. And the other two were sixth graders. You're not even teens yet, Elliot would say with disgust. I'm twelve and a half, Cat snarled back playfully. Elliot would not back down. You should at least have to be a teen to be in the club. The club Elliot referred to was officially called the McFly Middle Science Club. The faculty mentor for the group was gym teacher Roland Pennington. He wasn't very involved in the day-to-day operations of the science club, but would check in occasionally to see what his star pupils were up to. Everything okay? He would ask Elliot, Ava, Cat, and Dana. And they would reply with a, Yes, Mr. Pennington. Fine. Or some such thing, to which he would respond, Okay, well, do something sciency. I'll be running laps if you need me. Unofficially, its four members referred to the science club as those time-traveling teens for reasons that will soon become abundantly clear. It was Ava, the real leader of the group, that came up with the name. She had also been the first to make that critical breakthrough with the hopper. Kat and Dana, sixth graders, looked to Ava as the leader not just because she was a girl, but because she was nicer and funnier than Elliot and though their grade point averages would indicate that they were the exact same smartness, Ava was generally considered to be the smartest kid in school. Elliot didn't like that, and a lot of his negative Nancy attitude stemmed from frustration over being considered the salutatorian to Ava's valedictorian. And yes, in these parts, some students start thinking about such things at a very young age. 
Elliot wasn't all bad, though. He had some real heroic qualities that would rise to the surface at a much-needed time. Cat and Dana were a year younger, and about as amiable as can be most of the time. Cat liked to nap and drink milk, though she was more than a bit fierce at times. Her father would say she was just like a real cat, a dad joke that never got old. She was also a brilliant, budding scientist with a particular interest in marine biology. Dana hadn't settled on a field of study yet, but her fascination with the paranormal, and particularly with time travel, would be the first impetus that drives the group from Science Club to T4, those time-traveling teens. A nickname the group gave itself so they wouldn't sound like crazy people should someone overhear a club conversation. They called themselves T4. It all started with the challenge. I just don't think it's possible, Ava emphatically remarked one day at a club meeting. She didn't mean to come on too strong, but that's how Kat took the remark, which had stunted a pretty interesting conversation the group was having about the construction of a time machine. Dana was obviously hurt. Even Elliot, who'd never seen Ava rise to his level of harshness, was paused by Ava's sudden abruptness. Cat intervened to stand up for her friend. Then prove it is not possible, she implored. Prove Dana's ideas wrong, and we'll move on and talk about your botany project or something. I didn't mean to. I just don't think... Ava stuttered, backing away in strength. Fierce Cat pounced. I think it's possible. And Dana thinks it's possible. What do you think, Elliot? Elliot, future head of the debate team, was unusually speechless. Ava interrupted the silence. He doesn't want to take sides. He certainly doesn't want to take my side. And I thought everyone liked my botany project. Prove it's not possible, Cat repeated. Yeah, Dana recovered from her hurt feelings with fortitude. Why isn't it possible? Why can't anybody do it? Why can't we do it? We? Now, wait a minute. Elliot felt himself losing control of his favorite after-school activity. He only joined the science club because of his father's desire for him to one day be a doctor, and now all of a the sudden their primary objective was moving into a bizarre science fiction territory. I think we need to stay on task. Did anybody read that report I printed off about the digestive system? Ava interrupted the silence with, Fine, I'll do it. I'll prove it can't be done. And that settled it. For now. Until Ava came to the surprising discovery that it could be done. She spent hours that very night pouring through article after article and sciency thing after sciency thing. She set out to disprove the possibility of Dana's far-fetched time travel theory so the club could put it behind them forever. What she didn't expect to discover is that it was possible. We could do this, she muttered to herself with quiet astonishment. Her insides were on fire with excitement. She couldn't wait for the next science club meeting. She'd have to get to work on this herself. Days later, she would introduce a rough draft of her Hopper app, a device intended to literally hop the user back in time to her junior high school colleagues. 
it really should not have worked. It should not have worked. But the name of the story is those time-traveling teens, so we know that it does work. I also know that it works because chapter 2 begins with this sentence. If you could travel back in time to any place, any time in history, where would it be? Why? Think about that, listeners, and I'll share chapter 2 of those time-traveling teens with you next week. And soon, very soon, prepare to meet those top-secret agents from the North Pole, the Saint Nick Squad. Until next week. Professor Theo's Mystery Lab is written and read by Jonathan Joy. The part of Buck Travers was played by Levi Joy. I'm Mercy Joy, the proud wife and mother of these two. Please rate and review the podcast on iTunes. Spread the word. Tell a friend. If you don't, Professor Theo might zap you back in time. If he could do that type of thing, I mean. Also, please consider supporting this project by making a small monthly pledge at ProfessorTheo.com. You can email our family at theprofessortheo at gmail.com or tweet at us at Theo underscore mystery. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week.